Well, the scene you were just watching comes from season one, episode four of The Chosen. Today we're considering the discipleship call of Simon, Andrew, James, and John from Luke's Gospel. I think The Chosen does an excellent job of capturing some of the emotional and supernatural aspects of today's scripture lesson. However, there are some pieces from the gospel account that are missing from the video. So today I will add all of the pieces of the gospel which tell an even more powerful story than the video. For starters, Jesus was not a stranger to Simon. Today's lesson says that Jesus got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught people from the boat. So here's the thing. And I don't know if you've ever watched any of those fishermen shows on like Discovery Channel or, you know, stuff like that. But fishermen are kind of salty people, right? Pun intended. No fisherman would permit a stranger to use their fishing boat especially as a platform from which to deliver a sermon. Clearly, Jesus already knew Simon and Andrew because Simon was comfortable enough to allow Jesus to use his boat as a pulpit. Additionally, according to Luke's gospel, Jesus had previously healed Simon's mother-in-law. It says in chapter 4, Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over her, and he rebuked the fever, and it left her, and she got up and once and began to wait on them. You see, Simon had already witnessed the power of Jesus in his own home. How likely is it, though, that Simon would have permitted Jesus, as a stranger, to enter his home to address his mother's ailing health? Not very likely. Which means that Simon and Jesus knew each other even before that event. Now listen, I want you to remember this. Because I'm going to be teaching today's lesson next, but we're going to come back to the rest of the story towards the end of the sermon. So in today's episode of The Chosen, it appears... The miraculous catch of fish takes place close to shore in shallow water. But Simon's boat was not in shallow water, it was in deep. When Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. So, why is that detail important? Well, This detail is important because the fishermen had finished their midnight shift, and it was now morning. The boats were in. The last thing to be done was to clean the nets and then call it a day. Anyone here ever work overnight or midnight shifts? Anyone here ever do any shift work? Uh Uh-huh, right? They're tough shifts, aren't they? I remember my dad working midnight shifts as a police officer. He would be getting home about the time I was walking to the bus stop. And I never really knew what my dad had been through during the darkest hours of the night. I only knew how tired he was. 
Thankful to turn off his radio and turn off his utility belt, or put his utility belt with his holster and gun away, then take off his uniform. The last thing always to come off was the Kevlar vest that's supposed to protect him should he get into a firefight with somebody. Then he would go to bed. He'd get up late afternoon, he'd fix supper, he'd get ready for work, he'd go and do it all again. So I can't imagine what it must have been like or what it would have been like for him to finish a midnight shift, put everything away, get ready and excited about going to bed, only to be asked to put everything back on and go back out. What Jesus did was ask Simon and Andrew to get everything back out, put the nets back into place, put the oars back in the oarlocks, and then row back out into the Sea of Galilee far enough that the water was deep. Jesus asked two professional fishermen to do this after, after they hadn't caught a single fish during their entire shift. What Jesus asked of Simon was at face value foolish. To which Simon answered appropriately, but with respect, Master, we have worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. See, Simon was willing to do something that seemed foolish at face value because he already knew Jesus. Jesus had already done something miraculous in his home. Simon, he he may not have yet been a disciple, but he knew there was something about Jesus worth trusting. So he and Andrew did as Jesus asked. They put back out to sea and let down the nets. And the result? Two boats. Two. Not one. Two were filled with fish to the point of sinking. Luke writes, when they had done so, they caught such a a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled for their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and they filled both boats so full, they began to sink. Now, while this story is primarily about Simon Peter's call and confession, I think it's important to note that the other three, Andrew, James, and John, were also first-hand witnesses and beneficiaries to the miraculous catch. In other words, all four fishermen witnessed the impossible made possible, and all four fishermen were getting the biggest payday of their lives. So when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and he said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Now notice, friends, that Peter's confession isn't specific, but general. See, he realizes for the very first time that he is in the presence of God in the flesh. For Jesus just made the impossible possible. See, Peter recognizes his own humanity his own sin state in the presence of a holy God. 
So he falls to his knees in recognition of Jesus' divinity because, friends, sin cannot stand in the presence of a holy God. Our human nature cannot stand in the presence of a holy God. And Scripture goes on to state that the disciples were astonished, literally amazed at what had taken place. Andrew, James, and John, they're standing there with their mouths agape. Trying to comprehend just what had taken place. (laughs) Oh, Jesus, he knew what he was fishing for. He knew what he was fishing for. See, it took fish to catch fishermen. I wonder, what bait did Jesus use to catch you? Jesus caught me with music. That's how Jesus caught me. How did he catch you? Peter's response was for all of them. As it was Peter's fishing company and and he was the leader. Jesus revealed his divinity. Simon confessed his humanity. And Jesus responds with assurance. Oh, that blessed assurance. Jesus said, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch people. So they pulled up their boats on shore. They left everything and they followed Jesus. The theophany of the miraculous catch and the boat so full of fish they were sinking was the final, listen, the final piece of the call story for Peter, as well as James and John, sons of Zebedee. Jesus' response is how a merciful God responds to humans throughout Scripture and still today. When we respond to Jesus, he says, don't be afraid. Why? Because a holy God loves us has a plan for us, and it's God's desire that we willingly follow Him. And we know, friends, from Scripture and from church history that Simon Peter would go on to do great things for the kingdom of God. Later in Matthew's Gospel, Simon would receive the nickname Peter, which means the rock. And I tell you, Jesus says, that you are Peter, Petros, and on this rock, Petra, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Now, prior to receiving this nickname, and it was a great nickname, don't you wish somebody would nickname you The Rock? Prior to receiving this nickname, Jesus asked Simon, he said, who do you say I am? Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So with this bold confession of faith, Jesus, the Christ, names Nick, uh, nicknamed Simon The Rock. Hence the title of the episode, the rock on which the church would be built. For that's Peter. But make no mistake, Peter's not the cornerstone of our faith. Jesus is. And here are just a few career highlights of Simon Peter, the rock. He was the chief spokesperson of the disciples in all four Gospels, and he would serve as a leader for the apostles in the first half of the book of Acts. He laid the foundation of the church among the Jews on the day of Pentecost with his sermon. He laid the foundation among the Gentiles, receiving salvation with the conversion of Cornelius. He advocated for the radical inclusion of Gentiles into the church without requiring them and us to first become Jewish. 
It's a big deal. Additionally, Peter would compose two books that we find in the New Testament. Peter was, in every way, the rock upon which Jesus would build his church. Moreover, friends, Jesus' prophecy of Peter was beyond the disciples' comprehension. For the fish that Peter caught with Jesus includes every soul saved from the day of Pentecost until now. So whenever we think of the disciples, we always think of Simon Peter. His personality was impetuous and bold. He walked on water, but he also sank. He confessed Jesus was the Christ. Then he denied he ever knew him. He was the leader. He always had something to say. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. And look, sometimes Peter just said dumb things. Because that's the curse that goes with the blessing of having a big mouth. Perhaps Peter was most often in the spotlight. So naturally, we think of Peter as the example of what it means to follow Jesus. And I don't know about you, but perhaps we even compare our faith and our contributions to Peter's. And we wonder, do we measure up to God's call on our lives? Sometimes we think greatness in the kingdom of God is measured by how visible our work is to others. Hear that again. Sometimes we think that greatness in the kingdom of God is measured by how visible our work is to others. We think if our gifts and personalities aren't in the spotlight, then we must not just be as important in the kingdom of God as, as other Christians are. Friends, that's a false narrative. See, we forget that with Jesus, every person is sacred. And every person's contribution is equally important because every person is a part of the whole body of Christ. Now, I told you at the beginning of the sermon that when we got to the end, I would come back and finish the rest of the story. And for those of you too young to remember Paul Harvey's, the rest of the story, well, you have my permission to Google him now. You should know who Paul Harvey is. Simon, Peter, James, and John. They decided to follow Jesus on the beach that day after a miraculous catch of fish. But remember, that wasn't Simon's first encounter with Jesus. Nor was it Simon's second encounter with Jesus. And though the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and the book of Acts always list Simon Peter as first among the disciples because of his importance, Simon wasn't actually the first. Simon Peter may have been the rock on which the church was built, but he was not the first disciple. The first disciple wasn't much one for the spotlight, 
but he sure loved Jesus. His personality was one that loved quietly working in the background to connect other people to Jesus. Can anyone tell me the name of the first disciple? Uh, I think I heard it. What was it? Andrew. Yes. The first disciple was Andrew. We're introduced to Andrew in the very first chapter of John's Gospel. You see, Andrew had been a disciple of John the Baptist. Then one day when Jesus passed by, John the Baptist said, look, the Lamb of God. And at that moment, Andrew and another of the Baptist disciples stopped what they were doing. They followed Jesus and they spent the rest of the day with him. By the end of the day, Andrew was convinced, absolutely convinced that Jesus was the Messiah. What did Andrew do with this knowledge? Did he keep it to himself? Did he mull it over for a while? According to John's gospel, the first thing, the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Andrew was the first disciple And he was the first home missionary. He introduced his brother Simon to Jesus, and then he would introduce countless others. Do y'all remember the story of Jesus multiplying a little boy's bag lunch of fish and barley loaves into a meal for thousands of followers? After which Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Who found the little boy and connected him to Jesus? Nobody remembers that part. Everybody remembers the miracle. Everybody remembers the little boy's lunch. Nobody remember who found the little boy. Andrew. Andrew. Without Peter, there would be no rock upon which Jesus would build his church. But without Andrew, there would be no Peter. So whose personality is more important in the kingdom of God? Both. It's not either or. It's both and. Every disciple's personality is vital to the kingdom of God because every disciple is a masterpiece. Friends, remember today... That you are a masterpiece in God's eyes. He has created you. He's blessed you with a unique personality. He's gifted you to be a part of building his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is calling you to follow him as you, not as someone else. And once you've decided to follow Jesus, Jesus is calling you to go fishing with him. Jesus uses different bait to catch different people, right? Your personality is part of the Jesus tackle box. 
Because you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of the whole. So take Jesus fishing with you. Take him fishing with you into your home. Your workplace, the store, the bowling alley, the golf course, the beach, the racetrack. Take him fishing with you to Three Bees ice cream. Or anywhere else you may go. Take Jesus with you. Knowing that someone, listen, someone may decide to follow Jesus because you introduced Jesus to them. Who knows? They might become a pastor who's in the spotlight. Or more importantly, the person you never see who sharpens every pencil in every pew. This much is certain. The kingdom of God depends upon the presence of every personality. It's our job to catch as many fish as we can with Jesus. And it's Jesus' job to sort them all out. This is the gospel carefully considered this day for the church at Calvary and all with ears to hear. All thanks and praise be to the God who caught every single one of us fish. Amen.